0: Welcome to Vegan Famine Cowtown. I have some amazing voices from a screening of The Invisible Vegan, a new documentary that describes itself like this. It is a documentary that explores the problem of unhealthy dietary patterns in the African-American community, foregrounding the health and wellness possibilities enabled by plant-based vegan diets and lifestyle choices. I watched the movie. I talked to some people who watched the movie. I talked to some vendors, and it was amazing. This was all in Columbus, Ohio, on Sunday, September 29th. It was a free screening put on by the Columbus Veg Community, and it was wonderful. They had uh, a diverse audience and, and vendors bringing in food, and I got to talk to a lot of those people, and I had a blast, and I learned quite a bit. But I do need to tell you something about Ohio in case... You don't know. Although, if you're from the Midwest, you probably know. We were sharing our space with a small but very vocal group of Cleveland Browns fans. This is a football Sunday, and there is a game on the TV. So, while there was a lot of excitement about our event, and you hear some background noises, you'll hear some noises and you'll be like, why were those noises at a screening of The Invisible Vegan? And the answer is, well, It was touchdowns and such. The Browns had a good day, uncharacteristically, but good for them. And um, I've edited some of it out, but there's a little bit of uh, spirit, Midwestern football spirit inserted into the event. So hang in there. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the voices from the screening of The Invisible Vegan. I'm here with another organizer of this wonderful event, and I'm going to let him introduce himself.
1: Hi, I'm Tony, um, graduate of OSU, MPH in epidemiology, and I'm happy to be here.
0: Excellent. That's wonderful for veganism. Uh, why did CVC think that this was an event, the Invisible Vegan, that you wanted to host here?
1: Um, I think it was an important film because a lot of the narrative... Around veganism is always a default to whiteness, and I think being able to decenter whiteness for veganism and make it accessible to people people of color is very important. So putting on an event like this, where people may not have an idea about what veganism it- veganism is or have access to that information off the rip, is great to come in and um, view this film.
0: And I. I've heard that you have a special role today. What are you doing after the film? Oh,
1: Oh, yeah. So I'm helping to emcee, which is going so-so, but I'm also on the panel. So we have some esteemed guests here joining us, and they're going to be doing... I think we have some prepared questions, and then we're going to take some audience questions. So I'm really excited to see what everybody has in mind to ask us
0: <laughs> I am too I'm really looking forward to that part of it hopefully we can,
1: hopefully we can give us a succinct and thoughtful answer but we'll see
0: <laughs> sometimes that's not possible either uh, so I've seen the movie and I, I understand that you've seen the movie too and I'm wondering if there is any person or any moments or any piece of information that really stuck with you from the movie
1: Yeah, um, overall, the the film resonated with me a lot, but I think, coming from, I have a public health background, but thinking of, there's a particular scene where we're talking about access, so Food Empowerment Project talking about um, access, so a lot of low-income or minority communities um, are, I would call, a food prison, so they're trapped in these areas where they can't access access. healthy food, and even if they did have access to healthy food, like, health literacy is a very big component of it. So, like, if you go to the doctor, for instance, and you're like, oh, I want to lose weight. Oh, I want to do this. Like, how can I do this? Like, oh, well, eat healthy. Okay, well, how do I eat healthy? Well, lean meats. Okay, but, like, what? Like, you can't really get an answer. So, my point is, like, if you if we have access to grocery stores, but we also need to have the component where people are being educated about well, like what's a healthy way to live your life, and being in a food desert, food prison, whatever you want to call it, it's often difficult because like you have to drive. If you don't have a car, you have to walk or take the bus. And then in the film they were talking about, and in some cities, but some buses have like a limit on how many bags you can bring on the bus so like two bags so if you're going to a grocery shop for the week and you're like oh well I need to get everything because I can't I can't afford to come to the grocery store again so let me bring everything then you have to walk or bring a little buggy with you so it's, it's a lot of inconvenience but on the flip side in these communities we have a lot of bodegas or corner stores or Chinese food restaurants that don't that have fresh foods quote but they really don't. It's just a lot of processed meals. So even if you wanted to, like, walk to the corner and get something quick, like, your options are very limited. So that resonated with me in the film. So.
0: Yeah, I have a couple of kids, and it's my husband and me. And if I had to do my weekly trips in two bags on a bus or by foot, it would be... A major problem for my back and shoulders or for getting the food home in time to even be good anymore, especially in some of the heat we've had. So I'm glad you chose that moment. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add about uh, Columbus Veg Community hosting this event or anything about the movie?
1: I'm glad that a lot of people came out, and I think we had a lot of resources available, so I was down-tabling at the front and, like, encouraging people to take a lot of— we have a lot of pamphlets for introduction into veganism for African Americans and, like, why it's important and how you can get started. Because, uh, again, access a lot of people don't know, or if they want to know, they don't know where to get the information, so I think that it's been great that we have set up in this area to be able to give that information out, because it was a free event, so I think that was wonderful.
0: That's tremendous, and it makes it very accessible um, to me and and to everybody else. Well, uh, I really appreciate your time, and uh, thank you so much for talking to me, Tony.
1: No
2: problem. Thank you for interviewing
0: me. Chef Clayton, thank you so much for, for letting me interview and taking time out.
2: Well, thank you for coming around and looking at our food and interviewing me
0: more important than looking at your food, has been eating it. So I very much enjoyed it, and I've enjoyed it in the past. So thank you. I introduced you as Chef Clayton. What's your name?
2: My name is Clayton Freeman.
0: And are you the owner?
2: I am the owner and the guy who puts all the food together.
0: (laughs) Well, you're very good at it. Uh, What brings you to this event specifically, the screening of The Invisible Vegan?
2: Well, I've seen The Invisible Vegan, um... Caitlin Rhodes, uh, who runs uh, Columbus Veg Community, uh, allowed us to view it before seeing it uh, today. Um, A very, very important film for vegans of color. In fact, even non-vegans of color, because it talks about the issues that both vegans and non-vegans of color run into when discussing their transition to either vegetarianism or veganism
0: and what what part of the movie had the most impact on you maybe there was a moment or a person or a speaker and i know that's putting you on the spot but if you have one that comes to mind we'd love to hear about it
2: there's a young lady in the film that talks about her journey and her experiences with her family and friends and how a lot of her family when she would go to cookouts would say, oh, you eat that stuff or we're going to take away your black card. And that resonated with me because there are a lot of non-vegans that are my friends um, and associates who kind of do the same thing when they know that I brought my food around them. And I used to get a little bit upset about it. But then I said, hey, you know, why don't I just slow down and try to make them understand what they're doing? And hey, try the food. You might like the food, and it may not turn you into a vegan overnight, but it may get you to thinking about eating healthier. And that's what she had to do with her family, also. It was, you know, that anger at first, and then, well, wait a minute maybe I can help them understand what happened to me and my journey.
0: Well, and let's hear a little bit more about your journey. How did you come to be the owner and operator of this wonderful business?
2: My wife and I have been vegan for about two years and we watched What the Health and Forks Over Knives and kind of overnight said, that's it. (laughs) Um, It wasn't until about a year after that that my wife convinced me to start the business and started as a way of helping people uh, understand that eating healthy can taste good at the same time. And because a lot of our friends, when they tried our food said, oh, that's not vegan, there sprung the name, can't believe it's vegan.
0: And where can people uh, typically find you in cyberspace or in real life? <laughs> in
2: cyberspace, we have a fa- Facebook page that's CBI Vegan. We are also on Instagram at uh, CBI Vegan. Uh, our website is can'tbelieveit'svegan.biz, and of course, if people want to call us to uh, make an order, our telephone number is nine four one. 266 0056. You can call or text if you would like the order the same day. We ask that you have your order in before 11, or you can call or text and set up a day during the week, and we'll set up a time, uh, delivery place, and get it to you.
0: Excellent. Really appreciate your time today, Chef Clayton.
2: Thank you very much.
0: I'm here with the organizer of this event one of the organizers of the event there are several good people helping put this together her name is Kaylin Rhodes and she is the creator of Columbus Veg Community uh Kaylin maybe I missed something in that introduction what would you like to say about yourself
3: that sounded perfect
0: (laughs) great uh what I'm most interested in is how did your group decide to host this particular documentary The Invisible Vegan today here in
3: Columbus so the Columbus Veg Community has hosted a lot of different um, documentary screenings over the years. So when The Invisible Vegan came out, we decided that that's what we wanted to uh, do: screen the newest documentary. Uh, once we watched it, it really opened up our minds to so many issues that are way bigger than veganism. So systemic oppression of people of color, uh, things like white fragility, cultural humility—really um, important topics that are kind of out of the out of our radar as um, if. If anybody like me is a white person so it really kind of opened the door to a larger conversation and that's when we started organizing this more comprehensive event so we have a Q&A panel with some really incredible um, vegans of color who are speaking about some of the super important issues that are addressed in the documentary um, we have some african-american uh, starter guides here from um, farm and by any greens necessary, as well as uh, veganism of color. So a lot of great um, resources here um, to help people of color kind of learn about veganism, not just as a white thing, which is what it has kind of turned into, which is really unfortunate because that's not fair to to people. It's not fair to the movement. Um, As well as online, um, we're working on getting resources to white people who are really kind of ignorant about um, a lot of these issues that are brought up. So um, things like white fragility, cultural humility, white privilege, Peggy McIntosh's um, unpacking the knapsack is, I think that's what it's called, is a really great resource. Um, So we're really excited to be able to show the film, not just as the next vegan documentary, but also as a way to start these incredibly important conversations, not just for people of color, but also for white people that really need to do better as allies and recognizing uh, their white privilege. I really, really appreciate that about this event, and that's why I was interested
0: in it. And I noticed that most of the uh, vendors here who are offering some free samples for their businesses are people of color as well. And I'm, I'm just noticing with my own podcast that It's a little one-sided here, and and it doesn't include the whole, um, you know, rainbow, for lack of a better cliche, you know, that that there are families of all kinds, there are people of all kinds, and shapes, and sizes, and colors in this movement, and I'm really, really glad that you guys are screening
3: this today. So I'm really excited to hear from um, our activist friends, um, vegans of color here today, uh, to kind of help us understand um, what what complex issues there are at work here so we can be better allies.
0: That's wonderful. I welcome it to Columbus, and I love your group and all the efforts of you and everybody who works with you. So thank you so much. Thank you. I'm here with another special guest for the screening of The Invisible Vegan, somebody who is both a vendor bringing their treats to the people and somebody who has enjoyed the movie herself. So I will let you introduce yourself from there. Okay. Well, hello, my name is Jana. I am the owner
4: of Berry Vegan Delights, um, which I serve vegan treats that are amazing. Um, but yeah, I am here today uh, as a vendor, but also uh, viewing the screening, and I want to say it is amazing. Even if I wasn't vegan today, this, this video would have made me really go vegan anyway, so
0: that's an incredible yeah. endorsement of any documentary. It's an independent 90-minute film. Does anything in particular, any moment, any uh, person from the movie stick out to you?
4: Um, what really stuck out to me was the dairy part where they um, talked about the cows and how they are treated. Um, that and, and a, lot, a lot of people, they when they say, like, I'm a vegetarian, even that still, I mean, that's good, but you can do even better because... Drinking milk and eating dairy, like, it's not good. And I've seen that in a video. Um, so a lot of people who um, say, like, I am vegetarian, they really need to watch this screening. I think it will really change um, their thoughts because that milk, <laughs> that when I watched that, I was just like, oh, my God. It was eye-opening, like, really. So.
0: And you prove it with your goodies that you don't need cow's milk to have delicious flavor. I've, I've had lots of your stuff we joke about how I agonize over what to get. Um, and you brought it to Dan. It's lovely. I also see is, is that your you have a kid with you? Yes. That is my son. His name is Carter. He's four.
4: Um, and while I was pregnant, I did a whole plant-based um, diet with him. Um, so yeah, he's, he's completely um, plant-based. So yeah, he's four. So he doesn't even know anything about eating anything other than he's grown up on it.
0: Well, is there anything else you want to say about the Invisible Vegan or about being here today or this event?
4: Um, I would just suggest that anyone who has not seen this screening, please check it out. It's amazing. Um, and even if you are vegan, like share it with a friend. You never know like what parts of the, the video will change their lives.
0: And the good news is that it's on Amazon Prime. It's absolutely It's free. It is free. Yo, It's free if you have Prime. It's on Amazon. You can rent it. But even more importantly, where can people find Berry Vegan Delights?
4: Well, I am all over social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Berry Vegan Delights. And you can check out my website. It's berryvegandelights.com. And you can always text or call 614-397-1001.
0: I didn't know about that final texting option. Uh, my kids, my whole family, and I are, are fans of your work, so thank you for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. After the screening of the Invisible Vegan, they had an excellent panel of four people on a Q and A, and the audience got to uh, submit some questions. And they talk about, you know, how do you do veganism affordably? Why do people think they need meat in the first place? And they talk about some of the societal and cultural views around food that hinder people from becoming vegan. So please tune into this little Q&A section. I didn't get the whole thing, which is super regrettable, but that's okay. We got a lot of really awesome fresh insight here with the Q&A. Okay, thanks for tuning in and listen, and I'll be back after the Q&A.
5: A big focus of this film is on making black veganism visible, celebrating it, and generally making veganism more accessible to a wider community. So if, uh, let's do uh, uh, Ivory, Sam, and, and Clayton, what's one thing you would want white people within
2: the vegan community to know about black vegans? The biggest thing for me is to understand that black people have had enormous difficulties, since we have been in America, Um, and they are still there. And to recognize or to educate yourselves on those challenges that we've had and that are still there for us so that you will understand why we're not maybe as passionate um, about animal rights as we are about human rights, our rights because we haven't had those rights in America at all. Um, Where we're more passionate about just trying to get food on our tables because that's been a struggle. Um, Not even talking about vegetarian or vegan foods. To basically educate yourselves on what our history is, So that you can sit down at the table with us and go, I don't 100% understand where you're coming from because I can't walk in your shoes because I haven't, but I can empathize with you and we can sit down and have a dialogue, a discussion about where we're going from here to the future because now I've educated myself on who you are. And the struggles and the challenges you faced in your life—that's the one thing I would say.
6: Um, yeah, so I would—I would pretty much add on to that—is um, just recognizing the um, interconnectedness of, of oppression um, and not seeing, you know, okay, I'm only going to focus on animal rights, and I'm not going to be aware of like these real problems that people of color are having on a day-to-day basis. Um, But it's understanding like, okay, like all of this is important. This is impacting um, people's ability to even consider um, being vegan. Um, Am I gonna take the time to really learn about those things? Am I gonna show up or learn about what is the Black Lives Matter movement about? Um, How can I support you know black people in that? How can I be an ally in that way as well? Um, Do you care about me right like I think that that's something that is important um, to get more black people and more black vegans involved um, in kind of this mainstream movement is to understand that like okay you see me as a person as well and you want to um, yeah you recognize me
7: yeah I don't have much to supplement from um, that Um, just, just to repeat that it's next stage of, you know, human evolution as far as social justice is concerned. Um, You know, we, if you look at human history, you can almost see human history as the different ways that we exploit one another in the planet. And veganism is a way to not only stop that, but reverse that process. It's a healing uh, movement. And, you know, it corrects a lot of the, the energies that Um, brought destruction on our planet so yeah i i I would encourage people to you know meditate on that
5: from a kid in the audience so i want to put it up front here why do people think they need meat to live would you answer that
1: anybody want to take that why do people think they need meat? (laughs) um i think people think they need meat to eat because that's what we've been taught so a lot Um, In another film, another documentary that we just watched, so when cigarettes, when uh, the Surgeon General was promoting cigarettes and then they found out that cigarettes are cancer causing, they were like, oh, well, we can't promote this anymore. So when you watch like sporting events, what do we see now? The big juicy burger, the steak and all of that. So it's been indoctrinated into our culture to like make us think that, oh yeah, like we need this. I wanna be big or like, I wanna live, but you don't need um, meat to live is a misconception because a lot of people said you, like they said in the film, like the biggest mammals that we have, um, they're all plant eaters. So why do we need an intermediary? So all of the nutrients you're getting from the meat, you could just eat plants and get it yourself. So you don't need um, an in-between to get all of
2: that nutrition. You can just do it yourself, so. Recently, I watched uh, the movie, The Game Changers. And Arnold Schwarzenegger was saying in that, uh, I mean, he put it right on the line. It's marketing. You know, it's marketing to consumers. They want you to consume things. And one of the biggest things they want you to consume is meat. For men, we have all, if you've played any sports in your life, you've been told you have to eat meat to be big and strong and be able to get out there and last long in whatever field of endeavor you're going to. And that's just marketing. They're telling you what they want you to know so that they can sell you their product. Because in the movie The Game Changer, it showed that there were plant-based athletes that were stronger, bigger, faster, and more enduring than the ones that ate meat. Um, but you don't hear that side of it because it's not marketed to you. That's not what they want to sell you. They don't want to sell you plants that you can grow yourself. They want to sell you the product that they have that's not good for you. So
5: if you're transitioning to a vegan diet and you want to recreate your favorite childhood holiday meals, do you have any tips? for us for the audience favorite holiday meals that you like to recreate
1: so i love mac and cheese cheese was probably the hardest thing i had to give up Rest in peace cheese. But um, um, my mother makes uh, phenomenal mac and cheese with all types of cheese. So this year has been my mission to learn how to make the um, five mother sauce- sauces, the, the French sauces or whatever. And one of them is the bechamel, I may be mispronouncing it, but anyway. Um, so I use it as a base with like uh, almond milk and flour and nutritional yeast to make a cheese sauce and make my mac and cheese that way. And I had a, a dinner party, a movie dinner party like a few weeks ago. and. So two of the people that were there aren't vegan and one is vegetarian and that kind of just let them find their way to the mac and cheese and they were very impressed (laughs) and were doubting that i didn't use real cheese so i'm so i'm very proud so that's like my claim to fame right now so if you want a good recipe for mac and cheese i'll you it
6: um i don't know about necessarily holidays but um being from texas and now living here in ohio um in Texas, I would eat a lot of Mexican food, a lot of Tex-Mex, um, and there's not that many options for that here. Um, so when I went vegan, I immediately was like, "Oh, what kind of Tex-Mex food can I make?" And so, like, the first thing that I, one of the first things that I made was um, enchiladas. And so, um, that's something that I like to, I do it kind of in different ways. Sometimes I've used tofu, um, mushrooms, um, sweet potatoes, um, et cetera, but um, enchiladas, quesadillas, um, tacos, um, yeah, that's kind of some of my go-tos. So those are pretty easy to make. too.
2: Well, one of the things I did, I, I fooled my family one time, um, when they wanted to come by, and it was a Thanksgiving meal, I I believe it was, and I made uh, candy yams, greens, uh, mac and cheese, um, and they did not know that everything that was there was vegan. They were looking at the greens, and they were like, oh, you got meat in there, and I'm like, no, that's a plant. (laughs) And they're going, that's not possible. I'm like, yeah, and you can get it at the store. Because all I did was take some Beyond Meat sausage, I chopped it up, cooked it, put it into the greens, and let it simmer. And then it broke down, um, and I really didn't even have to add that much salt or anything else to it. And I added a few other things to it. but <laughs> And they tore through everything and didn't know the difference. I had rolls there that were just wheat and vegan butter on them, and they were so shocked that everything tastes the same or everything tastes good, and that was you know one of the things I was trying to tell my family and even my friends is you don't have to sacrifice taste to become vegan. You don't. Um, it. It's a learn thing, and yes, I had to learn, you know, how to make things and add spices and different things like that. But you don't.
7: So I think a big misconception with uh, veganism and even vegetarianism is people think of if they make that switch that they're eating the exact same thing that they're eating now, just with you know all the meat and you know animal products taken away. And it's like, well, you, it's not quite that. Accurate, you supplement <laughs> your uh, diet with new foods that you probably haven't tried before. So when I went vegan, I was like, oh no, I can't eat this and this and this anymore. And I like to travel, right? So I wanted that experience. But then I thought, wait a minute, there's all these other plants that I haven't eaten before that I can try now. And it's actually a lot more fun because um, I fancy myself as a cook that to try you know how to veganize this and how to experiment with that and so now i have like a lot more to play with just because my horizons have broadened um, and i'm not so limited in scope anymore so many good vegetables out there resources well
5: i'll ask these two questions together because they're related what are some resources for healthy plant-based recipes that are also affordable what are some tips for families with limited time, and how can you make the most of a vegan diet with limited income? So what are, do you have any tips or resources for affordability
2: and limited time? If you are at all on the internet, first of all, join every vegan Ohio group if you're on Pinterest, join vegan groups there. If you are on Instagram, join vegan groups there. Because there's your community that's trying to help you. People are already doing it. And they're doing it and not spending a lot of money, not spending a lot of time, and are willing to help you. And I tell folks all the time, even though I I run a business, if you call me up, and you want to talk about recipes, and you want to talk about doing it yourself, um, I am more than willing to help you. Because the more people we get into this movement, people of color and others, is just going to help everyone out and help the planet. Because we're not going to be here forever. And um, between my wife and I, we've got six children. We're looking at their future. So we're looking at helping them still have a planet where the air is good, the water is clean, and the food is edible. And when, like I said, when you look out there on the internet, there are tons of resources. Pick up your phone, use your resources.
1: Yeah, I have uh, Aldi has very affordable um, produce if you've not been. If not, Aldi, uh, save a lot to um, go on the day that the the um, that the inventory comes in, because if you wait a little bit longer, you know, fruit flies and what, but go try to go on days that the inventory comes in. And as far as like for family planning, so I would say get good at Googling, like if you like, I don't know stir fry like Google vegan stir fry and then perfect doing that and then change little things that make it a different dish so it can all it can be the same base and do something different maybe add garbanzo beans maybe add some black beans add red beans so you can have something different and then if you don't have a lot of time I do a lot of food because I hate to cook every day for lunch so on Sunday I grocery shop I spend two hours uh, get some mason jars and I look up recipes that I want to make and then I make them for lunch and then the other recipes I just use for dinner. So with kids, I'd imagine it's difficult. I don't have pleasure, and so I applaud all those of you that do. So um, incorporate them into, like, you know, opening cans. So make it a family activity so that everybody feels like they're contributing and that you're getting something out of it. So maybe it won't feel like a burden that you're spending two hours um, canning lunches and making lunches for the kids.
6: I am not much of a cook. Um, I was not much of a cook before I went vegan and I'm still not much of a cook. Um, so I like to try to keep things very simple. Um, and even though I, did, I do follow um, a lot of different groups on social media and, and, and I'm in a lot of different groups with recipes and I have like five cookbooks. Don't ask me how many recipes I've cooked out of those cookbooks. Um, but i think for me sometimes that can be really overwhelming it's like when you have so many resources it's like okay where do i even begin um so for me especially early on kind of how i mentioned i just tried to think of what are some things that i was eating before i was vegan and how can i make that vegan to just kind of keep it simple in my mind so once again for me it was the tex mex so i was like Okay, I always eat enchiladas and I know how to make enchiladas. I know um, where to go at the store to get all of that. And so what do I need to change that's, you know, a minor change that I need to do to make it a vegan version. And so for me, just like keeping it simple in my mind and like gradually I'm, you know, building onto that. But doing too much for me was like oh oh gosh like i can't do this i'm not a cook i'm not gonna be able to live this lifestyle um so that was kind of what worked and is still kind of working for me
0: thank you so much for tuning in today i hope you got some valuable insight from some wonderful people if you're liking what you're hearing and you want to hear it continue just leave me a tip in the tip jar that which is my patreon page it's linked in all my social media If you have any feedback for me, go ahead and shoot an email to veganfamincowtown at gmail.com and check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and even Twitter. Not as active on Twitter, but I'm there. All right, everybody. We're living family life to the power of V.